What did the other person do for them to get there? This person eats food. They 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 sleep in in bed. You know, they drink water just like you. Um, therefore, they're not a magician. You know, they are not a superhuman. Like they don't have um, any extra superpower that you don't have. So always try to figure out what did they do for them to get to where they are. From somewhere around the world, welcome to the Black Women Travel Podcast. Hi, my name is Wanda Duncan, and I'm so glad you're joining me as we explore the paths of Black women who've made travel a large part of their lives. Welcome to the show. Hey loves, it's Wanda, the host of the Black Women Travel Podcast. I'd like to invite you to become a patron of the Black Women Travel Podcast. There are a few budget-friendly tiers you can choose from so that as a community, we can continue to heal, ask for what we deserve, get it, and inspire the next generation. Tap the link in the show notes and choose a monthly contribution that suits you. I'm so excited about the episodes you'll hear that will nudge you to love yourself deeper and take more action in your life from that empowered place. Please consider becoming a monthly subscriber through patreon.com slash bwtpod. Get ready to hear another great episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Can you please tell us your name, where you're from, your current location, and the name of your business? Yes, um, my name is Clementine Afana. I am from Cameroon, that is um, West Africa. And currently I'm located in Dominica, that is in the West Indies, in the Caribbean. And um, my business is called Travel with Clem. And I help um, people with a nine to five job um, find a side hustle online so that they can afford um, their dreams and invest in whatever they want. So your mother was an avid traveler. You talk about her going and taking all these trips and coming back and you kids being excited for when she would open up her luggage for the presents. Um, so she never took you. Yes. <laughs> took you off. No. <laughs> no, unfortunately. Well, for for her, her work trips that were in Cameroon actually, um, sometimes like um she would take either either me or well one of us or two of us at a time. But for her international trips, she never, never really took us with her because, again, they were work trips, right? So we would just look forward to her coming back and opening her luggage and, you know, showing us all the souvenirs that she bought and, and telling us the stories about the places where she had been. So the day um, when she would arrive, we would, I think we would be a little bit selfish because we, we would literally wait for her, like, little puppies waiting for food like okay mom when is this suitcase gonna be opened <laughs> you know and sometimes she would keep the suspense going for us and um open her suitcase the day after because she knew we were we were so eager to see um what she had brought back and to hear about the places where she had been so it was it was really a moment you said that she always looked happy and yes. so you associated her traveling with that happiness and you wanted to have that happiness too. Yes, definitely. You said she she's like happy to this day. Yes, she has. And, and she has been such an inspiration. I think when I look back, I don't even realize how much she has inspired my every move, even my career choice and my desire to even get into traveling. Um, you know, um, she, like every time she would come back from her trips, you know, she always had a story to tell. Um, she she looked different. She looked refreshed, and you know, she looked more excited about life. So I I felt like you know what, I I want that. I I want to know what happened when she goes. I want to know. Like I want to feel that too. I want to be like mom. So so she has been an inspiration, and she continues to be an inspiration. And I'm so grateful for her. Have you had like as an adult? Have you had the conversation with her about like? how she's been able to cultivate happiness in her life? Does she see herself as happy? 
I think she does. She definitely does. And um, it's something that she has actually taught us to do, um, um, to, to, to build, like, even regardless of the job that you are doing, um, you need to find a way to make yourself happy, either at your job or with something else that fills your soul. And um, for her, it was traveling. And in, in, in some weird way, it became traveling for me as well. So um, I know that up to now, she's working with, a, with an organization that allows her, that allows her sorry, to travel. And that, that is how I know that, you know, on a daily basis, she she makes herself happy because she does what she loves or what she does um, includes elements of what she really loves. And what about your dad? Was he a traveler as well? Oh, not at all. He was a homeboy. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, he worked um, in the army, but my mom was always the one who um, was going out of the country um, to do her different work-related medical missions. But he was never really into traveling per se. Um, if he took any um, missions or any trips at all, it would be within the country. So um, international travel, not really, but like local and national travel, he used to do that a lot. He actually loved it because he's, he's a huge patriot. Like He loves our country. Um, so any opportunity that he would get to um, take a mission to explore... Um, another corner of Cameroon he would definitely take that but when it comes to international travel that wasn't really his thing well domestic travel absolutely counts too though yeah (laughs) usually when a person uh, like checking out your like Instagram Mm -hmm. feed or like your website like usually when a person is so into self self-development it is because they have encountered some challenges in their life. Mm -hmm. What have been your challenges, Clem? Hmm. Well, how long do we have for that? (laughs) So I think that um, one of the the main challenges that I have, well, I've always been a a career-focused person. Um, You know, like when people grow up, they, they have different, different focuses around in your life you know some people are relationship focused some people are career focused and so forth and um i would I, I would say that from social learning i was groomed to be a career focused person and i always ask myself or i was trained to always ask myself how can i be better at what i do how can i advance how can i you know um um climb the the, the ladders of whatever profession i'm in so i've always been focused on on that, and when I was growing up, I realized that um, because so much of my life focus was about, you know, career, um, you know, um, just professional things, I I felt like there was something missing. You know, I I felt like growing up, I didn't really take time to dwell on the personal, you know, part of life. Like before you even grow within a specific, um, you know, field that you want to work in. Um, you need to grow yourself to like you need to develop, you need to build yourself. And so when I went to medical school to university, I realized that really there were some um, areas of my life that I hadn't explored, you know and and in some way, even if I wanted to grow professionally and academically, I felt like those areas were a hindrance or because I hadn't dealt with those, those areas, it was hindering me from progressing um, into where I wanted to, to go. So um, I, I really um, clung to self-development because it helped me embrace what I would like to call my demons, you know, personal demons, like um, the lack of self-confidence, for example, or the, the, the fear of not being enough or, you know, the, the, the fear of not being seen like your peers or the peers of, of not belonging wherever you go. Because I, I used to see myself as somebody who is different because I was always just so focused and so driven. And whatever goal I was aiming at, I would be able to achieve it. But then there was this personal touch that was missing and I felt like it was affecting me. So um, I, uh, I dove into personal development because it helped me to address those insecurities. Um, and, you know, as the more I kept reading, um, because back then I was reading a lot, like when I was in medical school, I was reading, reading a lot. I don't think I was into podcasts by that time. So I, the more I kept reading, you know, the more I really discovered like, hmm, there are actually aspects of my life that I think I should definitely improve for me to get to, to get where I want to go. So I think that is where my, my, my desire and my hunger for personal development really, really came. 
Do you think that you had traces of that lack of self-confidence growing up or was it like situational? So when you got to med school? I think it became situational um, because when I grew up, if it's one thing that my mom always um, put in our heads was you can do anything you want. Like you can become anyone you want to be. And I think that's actually a funny thing, Wanda, that I think that gave me a self-confidence that like that it couldn't be broken, you know, at least throughout my high school years until I started university. I felt like I could do for anything, you know, um, I could dream big. I could, you know, go for whatever I wanted to be. I could become anything I wanted in life. You know, I didn't see um, any any challenge to whatever, I, to whatever goal I had. Uh, but then, you know, when I got into university, um, I started to experience what pe- people would usually consider um, like failures, you know, um, whether it's, you know, trying to book a medical rotation that I really wanted and not getting it or failing exams or, you know, even like relationship failures. So I started to feel a little like it kind of like dampened my confidence. And I started to feel that that's when I really started to feel like feel like something wasn't going right. So when I was growing, I had a, like a really, really like good way of seeing myself, seeing my goals and so forth. But then when life really started happening or the other part of life, I should say, um, that really started to affect me um, little by little. And also I must say that um, when I got into medical school and I got exposed to different people, I got to travel to conferences. And and so I saw people who were quote unquote uh, more advanced in life than me or who had the things that I wanted to have. And in a way, I kind of felt inferior. I felt like, oh my God, this is like this is the life that I want eventually, and um, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to, to to get it, you know, um, because I again I don't belong. I don't look like them, um, you know. I didn't go to schools like um, the ones that they went to, and things like um, this train of thought and these events that led to those kind of trends of thoughts and started to affect my self-confidence. So I I would say it was definitely situational. So that's really interesting. So you're saying that it was not getting what you wanted and comparing yourself to others, essentially. Yes, definitely. You, I think you, you, you hit right, the nail right on the head. Yeah. Because that's, that's something that I think needs to be talked about more when it comes to us creating the lives that we want to create. And it is that you're, it's not always going to look, it rarely looks how exactly how you want it to look, Mm -hmm. but you have to continue to do the work. Like that's a huge, a huge message. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like you said, it can eat away at your self-esteem and your self-confidence and like how Mm -hmm. you walk in the world because Definitely. you say, I want this thing and I worked really hard to get it or whatever. And it just didn't pan out. Definitely. Definitely. And it it, it actually makes you like the fact that um, you don't get it makes you question yourself and question your values and, um, you know, question your worth, which is like the most dangerous thing you can do. Um in life, you know, um, if I'm not given this opportunity, does that mean I'm not worthy of that opportunity? Does that mean that, you know, I can succeed if I were given that opportunity? And I think that in a way that is the path, the, the mental path, at least I went into um, for like a few years um, before I could find myself again and really um, start working on um, this personal development area of my life. That's That's so important. I really love that that we're talking about that. So what are some things that you did to build yourself back up? So you said you weren't into podcasts at the time, you were reading books mm-hmm. and you were just trying mm-hmm. to get yourself back into a place, mm-hmm. into into the, the space that your mom had created for you. Now you had to learn how to create that space for yourself. <laughs> Definitely. So what I, what I had, what I was always, I, I always used to love doing when I was um, a kid or even in my teenage years was reading, right? And so I found myself transitioning from reading um, fiction and nonfiction books you're reading self-development books and I must tell you like one that that was one of the things that really saved me um and when I say save I mean like uh, mentally and personally and that's why I was always I would always recommend it to people so um 
for for example, let's say that um, I w- I'm in the medical field, so I want I want to find out um, how this doctor who is like me made it in that field because it's it doesn't seem like I'm I'm getting there with the methods that I'm using. So I started, I, I will look up that doctor and I, and I will look up all their interviews if they have any interviews in the media. And then most of the times, I, I, what I realized is that doctors who made it in the fields in which I wanted to specialize in had written books. So I will go on Amazon and read their books, books about their, 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 their personal life, their story, and you know what made the difference for them. I will read those books. And then as I read those books, I felt more inspired. And then generally what they would do is that in those books, they recommend they will recommend other books that um, have helped them deal with their own issues, their own demons. So I'll go back on Amazon and then I'll look for these other books and then read them as well. And then the more I will read, the more I'll have these aha moments like, hmm, okay, this makes sense. I, it, I identify with this. You know, I struggle with this, so um, let me read some more. Let me learn some more. And that is how I just went on my train of personal development. And I really felt motivated. Like every time I would read a book, I felt like I was having a conversation with a person. Or I felt like the person was talking to me. And I just felt motivated to, again, go back for what I wanted, write down those goals, um, work towards them. And then eventually, it's um, when I realized that it was getting too expensive for me to buy the books and get them shipped to me, I moved into using um, audiobooks, and then I used to love audiobooks because they will, I would be able to listen to them, you know, when I'm cleaning the house or, you know, I'm doing my, my chores and stuff like that. And then from audiobooks, then I transitioned into podcasting, where listening to podcasts, where you would actually be able to listen to one-on-one interviews um, of experts on a specific topic like self-growth, um, dealing with courage, dealing with um, feelings of inadequacy, and so that is basically how, you know, I, I, I changed the way I was consuming um, this type of content. But I am still reading books. Um, it's still one of my favorite things to do. Um, but, you know, now I have included different um, other avenues for me to learn and to grow. So you just stayed curious. Yes. Sometimes like, <laughs> people get jealous and mm-hmm. they get caught up in the jealousy mm-hmm. or they feel inadequate and mm-hmm. they get caught up in those feelings, whatever Definitely. it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like a layer. Yeah. Um, but instead of doing that, you stayed curious, like, oh, well, what are they doing? Yeah. How do they talk about this? Mm-hmm. Oh, they reference these things that inspired them. So yes. let me read the things that inspired them. Exactly. Like I was literally like whenever I would read a book, I had a notepad, um, a notepad next to me that if the person is saying something that really really strikes um, um strikes me i write it down if they're refer- referencing a book i write it down so i had a notebook for my my notes when reading books <laughs> so i would write it down and then i would go back and um to read it and when i started listening to audiobooks and i would most um i was take i would take notes um on my note app in my phone or um in my like inbox in my drafts you know so if i, I go on my um gmail application on my phone and i just take notes in my drafts and like hey um um purchase xyz book and stuff like that so so yes i i stayed curious and i there's one thing also that my mom always told me and i think that is like an african thing i, I think i can safely say that it's an african thing because a lot of my friends have experienced the same thing as well and then she would say when i was in high school, high school sorry she would say um what did always ask yourself what did the other person do for them to get there this person eats food they they, they sleep in in bed you know they drink water just like you um therefore they're not a magician you know they are not a superhuman like they don't have um, any extra superpower that you don't have so always try to figure out what did they do for them to get to where they are and if you can learn from that then you will you are more likely to be on your way to getting to where you want to be as well. So I think unconsciously that also played in that, that kind of like um, fuel, that curiosity that I, I had. And that drove me to just um, wanting to keep learning and to, to, to keep finding solutions to, you know, the, the problems I was dealing with. Have you ever seen this drive for growth as a setback? Like, has it, have you, a lot of the knowledge out there is like is focused on being present. Mm-hmm. And if you're dreaming and trying to build for the future, 
Mm-hmm. You can and you can enjoy the process, and that is part of the process. You have to mm-hmm. do the work mm-hmm. typically every day, right? Mm-hmm. But have you have you had any problems balancing that being present versus building for your future? Definitely, <laughs> definitely. I I think um I went through a phase during my self development journey. I went through a phase where I was just so focused on nature that nothing else mattered. Like. I would be consuming book after book. It's almost like you are on a high. Like you discovered something and you want more of it. So I kept consuming uh, information after information. But but to me, I felt like, you know, that that was what I needed at the time. But in a way, it prevented me from being, um, you know, present in, uh, and, and give attention to whatever else was happening. And I think that for that phase of my life, it was much needed. I needed to be selfish and I needed to focus on myself because, um, once I did that, I saw um, a lot more, uh, many more things changing around my life. But um, to circle back to today, I think that um, I still have that drive to grow. And I think that sometimes also it prevents me from, you know, being in the moment because it's it's kind of like a roller coaster that you can't really stop um, when you want to, like you always on the, you always feel like you have to always be on the go. You always have to do this, you always have to listen to this podcast or read this book and do that. So I feel like right now, sometimes it prevents me from, from doing that. And, and it, it's, a, it def, it's definitely a challenge, you know, balancing, uh, being in the present, accepting where you are right now, and then trying to, to build for a better future. But I think that, um, you know, I, have, I haven't mastered it completely. Like, I, I'm not perfectly balancing it yet, but I think that I've gotten a lot better than where I was before. What has helped you to do that? So uh, first of the first thing was acceptance. Okay. Sometimes we, we so try to change our situation that um, we don't even recognize how far we have gone and we don't accept um, the, the current situation in which we are and um, before making pl- plans to improve it. So I really learn how to accept where I am, you know, um, I, I came out of my denial. So I accepted that, okay, um, even though I'm a doctor, because I'm, I'm a doctor, I, I went to medical school. Um, I accepted the fact that, okay, even though I'm a doctor and I'm not uh, working in a hospital right now, like many people that I went to school with, you know, it's okay because I have, God has a different plan for me. So um, even though I have a dream um, medical specialty um, and I am not in that field right now, it's okay because um, God is working for me to, to, to walk towards that field. And I learned to understand that everything that happens in my life, for whatever reason, it's, it's supposed to um, lead me to that ultimate path where I want to go. And in a way, that's kind of like how travel helped me because um, a lot of people were telling me that, but I mean, why do you have to go um, to so many places? Why do you have to travel so much? I mean, um, um, but then I realized that like when I looked at my life, my life is not like anybody else's life. Like medical students um, who were at my level or who I went to school with, they wouldn't travel uh, for them their their rotation as often as I would, you know, and they would even like turn to me to ask me for advice and to figure out like how how can I book rotations overseas like you? Where did you go and how can I do it myself? So um um I realized that, you know, even these experiences like for me it was just traveling to seek further medical experience and perhaps discover a country as well, um, see what it has to offer, explore the culture, talk to the people. Um, yes, it was part of that, but, I, but then now I realize that, um, you know, these experiences led me to really opening Travel with, travel with Clem, you know, which, became, which is now becoming these huge flat platforms where I can inspire people to travel, but also to make money to invest in their dreams. So, um, and all that started with acceptance. I had to accept the fact that my path is not going to be like everybody else's. And um, I have a different calling. Like, yes, I'm going to get into medicine, but I might not take the road A. I will probably take the road um, KLM. You know, so I had to really accept the journey and um, start to embrace it and really see where it, it was going to lead me from there. And you've been able to consciously marry your two passions. 
So um, yes, pursuing your medical degree and then becoming a doctor Definitely. as well as traveling. Yes. So you've always found way to to lace the two together. Yes, definitely. Um, <laughs> um, could you imagine your life like without? Because a lot of people have passions, but they have a lot of uh, they have a difficult time figuring mm-hmm. out how to marry them. Man. So was there someone else? Was there someone else who you saw that was doing that, or is it something that you were inspired to investigate? Man, honestly, wonder. I just I think I think to answer this question, I think that the seeing um, um, speak your wishes into you, the universe really works because. When I was growing up, I was legit. I I remember me being in my room because I, I used to share rooms with my my mom and my sister. We used to sleep in the same bed, and those, those were really fun memories. And I remember at night praying and just telling myself, "Oi, I really want to get a job that allows me to be a doctor and travel." You know, like I I used to tell that to myself, and again, that was to be more like my mom, you know? So um, when I went into medical school and um, when I graduated from medical school, I said, I, it, it felt like the most natural pathway would be, you know, get into specialization, start working, um, get married, have a child and start a family. And so with that, in a way, at the back of my mind, I didn't really see how I would be able to to travel and do those things, you know, like if you have a family, can you really say that you want to travel four times a year? You know, you need to make a certain income um so back then it wasn't really shaping up like that for me in my head like i didn't see how i was going to make it happen but i know people are doing it right now but that wasn't the case for me back then so when i started my medical rotations um in in the medical education um there's a a time in your medical curriculum where you can do um rotations in different health departments um, and you can do it in different countries as well. If you want to check out the healthcare systems and um, potentially practice in that country, then they encourage you to do rotations in that con- in those different countries. So uh, when I started, so that, that was when I really started traveling um, in the medical field um, in, while in medical school. So I, for me, again, it was just like going for my rotations and also exploring those countries. But then you know, it became the fuel that led me to looking for conferences. I, after When I finished all that, I started looking for conferences for me to um, grow um, academically, but also explore more and then looking for training, training opportunities. So I, I think that because at the back of my mind, I have told myself that I want to be traveling while I'm doing what I want to do. I think my subconscious mind was leading me or giving me ideas so that I could keep traveling, doing what I wanted to do, you know. And um, eventually I started teaching um, as a doctor. I started teaching at the college level here um, in Dominica. And um, while I was teaching, you know, I was looking for conferences. Hey, um, how can I present at this conference so that I can, you know, um, travel and explore this city? Um, I started looking for training opportunities. So it I think it was like a, a mind thing because I had it at the back of my mind. I was finding solutions to that problem without even realizing it. And, and that is how I've been able to couple um, the two together. When you do travel, um, how do you like to explore a place? Okay. So um, my go-to things, because I am a super like organized person, like I, I like to be conscious of the time that I have. Um, before I travel, I always look up the place. So I look up the history of the place, what makes this country special, what makes this city special or different from um, any other city in that country. Then I look up the top things to do in XYZ country. I've done that religiously, unless I was traveling in like an emergency situation where I didn't have time to do it. So I always look up the top things to, to, to do in every country. And that is my starting point. Um, I read about those places and I see if that's something that would be of interest to me and I go to those places. Now, when I don't have the time to do that, um, what I usually do is I ask locals. So let's say I just checked in into a hotel or in an Airbnb in, in a new city and I, I have no idea, um, you know, what are the best things to do. Then I ask the, uh, the Airbnb host, hey, what would you recommend me to, um, to do here? I only have three days. Or, hey, what are the top things that tourists usually do when they come here? So that's usually how I, I plan my travel, my adventures. 
um, you know, either I go off um, internet list and um, some most of the times they have done me right or, you know, I ask the Airbnb host and sometimes I do a combination of both. And while you were figuring out how to incorporate more travel into your life, did you have support? Um, yes, I definitely did. So my mom has always been a great um, supporter of my um, traveling academic ventures. And um, she would always motivate me to, you know, go for the things that I want and so forth. So um, I, will, I, I, I love bouncing ideas off to her. And she would always tell me what she thinks, if, she, if, I, if I should go for it and so forth. So she has been um, really my backbone in this journey. And uh, my sister as well, um, she is uh, now um, following her passion, which is music. I mean, she graduated from medical school as well, but she is also um, following her passion, which is music. So she's recording and dropping videos and so forth. Um, she has always been there for me. Like she has supported me emotionally, personally, and even at times financially, because there was a time when, you know, I, I wasn't able to afford, um, you know, traveling to places where I wanted to go for medical rotations or for conferences. And so she would help me financially until, you know, I could get back on my feet and be able to afford those things. So yes, I, I, I'm really grateful that um, I, I can say I've always had support at every step of the, of the journey. Your sister also unwittingly inspired you. Um, <laughs> she took up the flute and that really pushed you to pursue learning the violin. Yes, you talked about definitely. trying the guitar first and then moving to drums. So the guitar yes. you said was like not that great. You said you were pretty good at the drums, yes. but you really wanted to do the violin, but you were putting it off. So like, how has it been learning violin? I mean, it's been a, green, a dream, sorry, a dream come true, you know. Uh, when I came to Dominica, that's really when I learned to explore my artistic talents. Um, back home, um, you know, I've, uh, we, we have musicians in my family, right? Um, but then it was like, you know, my, my uncle, he's a musician. He, he sings and he plays um, the piano and he teaches his children how to do it as well. And he, he went for it uh, because he wanted to take the road less traveled. And he wanted to do what he loved and that is something that he loves so he went for it even despite the fact that you know the entire family family um advised against it because again it's not the type of career path that um you know would bring you money at least at first um we we are we we are used to looking for stability and looking for what will pay the bills um even if it doesn't fulfill you necessarily so uh, when I was back in Cameroon, I used to kind of like want to play the violin because, you know, I felt like it was an elegant instrument and I really felt like it, 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 required, a lot, it required a lot of skill and discipline and I wanted to, to have more of that. But I never really dared because, again, I didn't see how it would fit into my entire path or the journey I wanted to take. So when, when, when I moved to Dominica, um, I started to take, when my sister started to take music lessons, that inspired me also to... Um, started to take music lessons. So as I said, I tried the guitar, but uh-uh, my fingers were peeling off too much. <laughs> and I had to bite the tips of my fingers every time because pressing the strings was just too hard for me. And then I, I started to, and I moved to the drums. Um, but then I, I loved it, but I couldn't afford a drum set. And I felt like it was going to be too much noise to practice the drums in my student apartment. So eventually um, I, I said, you know what, maybe now would be a good time for me to explore with the violin that I've always really, really wanted to try. So um, I signed up for classes. Um, my teacher, actually, he didn't want to take me at first because he said that teaching left-handers is always um, difficult. It's always a hassle, you know. Um, I didn't understand how back then. And I told him, you know what, I'm willing to do the work. I'm going to practice twice as hard as everybody. I just want to learn this because this is something that I've always wanted to do. And um, also, um, my sister is doing a musical instrument. So I feel like, you know, if we make music together at a house at the same time, then it's going to be awesome. So um, it's been a great journey, definitely. Um, I um I haven't practiced as regularly as I've wanted to, but, um, you know, this is something that I'm also planning on getting back on, especially this year. How has it been for you traveling as a Black woman? Not just travel, but you're also travel and working. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's an interesting question. <laughs> um, um, to be honest, Wanda, 
Um, I haven't really, when I travel, I, I am not like 100% aware of, um, or I haven't been 100% aware of, you know, how people see me, you know, as a black woman, because it hasn't been something that I've been like conditioned to recognize. Um, I grew up in Africa where, um, you know, everybody looks like me. Um, so therefore, like, it's not in my in my mind to think about, oh, um, in this country, people don't look like me or people don't accept me. So that wasn't my reality growing up. So it, it it's not really something that, like, I haven't really noticed differences. However, uh, when I went to uh, North Africa um, recently last year in Morocco and in Tunisia, uh, that was actually really the first time when I saw a difference because um, I traveled for a work-related project, um, one of my online um, projects. And so um, I checked into a hotel. It was a pretty fancy hotel. And I felt like, you know, I should treat myself because um, I want to treat myself. So at the hotel, it, because it was a very um, fancy resort, and um, you had a lot of um, football teams um, who were at that hotel. You had a lot of business men and women and so forth. So I noticed that people were surprised to see a young black woman and that was in tunisia um, pe- um people were supposed to see a young black woman in a hotel on her own you know and i noticed that breakfast and i noticed that the hotel pool and people were looking at me but some of them had a courage like the hotel staff had a courage to come and ask me hi you know how are you where is your husband um or are you there alone what are you there for are you a student here so it sparked their curiosity because um i guess for them it's not usual to see a young black woman you know alone in this kind of fancy hotel so i had a lot of people a lot of necks turning you know and 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 i guess it was out of curiosity and um that just made me aware of the fact that um i have um, a certain privilege first of all and also um the reality is different for different people like for me if i were to go to a hotel like this let's say in the us or in europe um, i never had that kind of reaction you know but um in north africa where you know um, things are a little bit different um i had people wonder what i was doing there and that was a way to spark the conversation so that is the only um those were the only instances where i really saw a difference in how i was treated at least um, and I, I mean, I recognize that my experience wouldn't be the same as everybody else's experience, but yeah. It's not necessarily like a, <laughs> I, I just ask like what the experience is. Sometimes like we're like, <laughs> oh yeah, black people, it must be something terrible. But like, it could be a positive experience as well. I just, I just wonder like yeah. how mm-hmm. people receive you mm-hmm. as a black person in your skin with your hair and mm-hmm. your body type and everything. It, mm-hmm. it is different for yeah. everybody. It definitely is. And, and I think from the experience in Tunisia, um, I, I think that people were mostly cur- curious, sorry. Um, you, I could see that they were wondering, like, is she a student, you know? Um, <laughs> is she there um, to go to university or is she there with her husband? So people, I could tell because they would look at me differently and they would come and talk to me. They would come and compliment me. Oh, you look beautiful. And then start a conversation, you know? So, um, and that has never really happened to me, at least not at that level. So I, I found it really interesting. Um, and I also found it even more interesting that they wouldn't think that, you know, a young black woman could just be a professional, you know, somebody who, who came here for business and decided to just extend her stay and enjoy the country. You know, like that's not something that, they will anticipate, they will expect me to be there with a man, a husband, or they will probably expect me to be there as a student, um, you know, uh, <laughs> because in, in, in Tunisia, we have a lot of um, um, African students from um, West Africa as well. So I, I found it interesting. So speaking of husband, like what's going on on that front? <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good question. And you know, I think I think that uh, my mom, you, my mom will join you in asking that question. <laughs> so um, I was, I'm currently single, but um, before that, um, at least as far as earlier this year, um, like February, I I was in a, in a long distance relationship that lasted two years, and we were very much in love. But uh, at a certain point, I felt like um, there were a lot of disconnect 
in terms of um, where I was seeing myself in the future. And also I felt like the long distance wasn't working 100% because um, I needed somebody to be present with me, um, like physically present with me when I was going through challenges, when I was going through difficult times and even to share my joys, you know, like when you have a win, you want to call this person right away, like, hey, babe, you know, guess what happened? Or you want to run home to this person. And I felt like um, in like the first months of the relationship, it was working well. Um, we had this communication. We, we had everything good going on. But then eventually I, I realized that um, I wanted somebody there. Like I wanted to, to, the person to be present. I didn't want to have to wait um, to share those news, um, to share those moments, you know, or um, um, to, to, to talk about what is happening in my, in my life. And, um, you know, I mean, we're still in very good, we ended up breaking up um, earlier this year, but we're still in, in very good terms. We, 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 we still talk, we're still friends. Um, but I felt like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't going to work at least long term. The way I was seeing it, it wasn't what I needed, like, um, at least this year. Like, my life was going to a different direction. I was going to be taking a lot more risks. I was going to be um, investing a lot more in myself and, um, you know, having a relationship where I couldn't communicate with a person directly um, or share ideas, share feelings directly, I felt like it wasn't going to work. Um, at least at this time. So we decided to end the things. Um, maybe in the future, you know, things might change, but, you know, um, it's also part of me more uh, living in the moment and um, seeing what I want in the moment or a year down the line, you know, accepting what I really want and what I really need and, and, and really ending the relationship at this time was also part of that process. So, so yes, I, I, I am not seeing anyone right now and therefore I'm not going to get married right now. But I feel like, you know, it's definitely in the plans. I feel like I have a lot of love to give, um, um, to share, um, to build a family and, and so forth. So, so I think it's something that's going to happen eventually. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, I'm not sure if how much you talk to other travelers, but sometimes women think that they have to choose between travel and a relationship because it can be hard, like what you're talking about to cultivate a relationship when you're on the move and maybe the partner is not a mover. Yeah. I think that was a challenge as well um, for me. And I think that you don't have to choose um, personally because if this is something that you really want, if it's something that you love, um, you don't have to sacrifice it. Uh, for for you to, to to have something else, I don't I don't think so. I, I, now I know in relationship there are compromises, there are things that you can compromise on, but there are also deal breakers. Like if we don't share the same point of view on things that matter the most to me, and also things that matter the most to you, it's not gonna work. You know because what's gonna happen is that um, you're going to sacrifice something that you really care about, and somehow deep down, you're going to feel resentful because you had to sacrifice it for that person. So I think that if you feel like you are compromising too much or compromising on something that really matters to you, um, then maybe that's not the right person. So that, that's my view on this, at least. You know, right. um, th there, is, there is traveling, there is a desire to grow um, um, ambition that are like um, absolutes for me. You know, I mean, you don't need to be like a traveler, like you don't need to want to, to go places, you know, every four months and so forth. But then there needs to be that drive to want more from life, um, to want to see more, to want to explore more. And, and you know, um, or at least an open mindedness towards things like that. So I think some for some women, it's like where they get to the point to compromise, like they don't have anybody to compromise with. <laughs> Oh, I get what you're saying. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see for you, like, I can see you being really busy between, <laughs> you know, all of your, uh, what is it called? Adventures. I'm or... hot, so I don't have the word. Mm -hmm. Ambition. You are just being very yes. ambitious. So between your professional work, your side mm -hmm. hustle, and trying to keep that passport <laughs> pumping. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I also, you know, I mean, I can, I can see how it, it, it definitely takes a lot of time, you know, and a lot of um, energy and even emotional investment, you know, to go for, for the things that drive you. And uh, fortunately and unfortunately for me, I am a person who just 
dreams and I want to make those dreams happen. But I also think that, you know, um, I mean, you don't have to, you, you might not be able to achieve all your dreams. So you prioritize, right? So if there comes a point where like, I know I'm, I'm a person who is, who can easily say, you know what, let's do this as well. I can see this. I want to bring this to vision and so forth. So, um, let's try this. I, I'm open to trying new things, right? But um, I know that it's not, not always going to be possible. So in, in that setting, you know, I'm happy to, you know, compromise and be like, okay, yeah, we're not going to try it right now. But, you know, maybe later down the line, we can try something else. So, so yes, it can be, it, it can be challenging to kind of like, um, you know, have a relationship or find someone and also still live life on your own terms. But hey, we, 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 we try to figure it out every day, right? That's <laughs> true. Clem, do you have any uh, song lyrics or poem that speaks to you these days? Um, for me, um, it's a Bible verse um, that is um, Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Um, and it says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You know, so... Um, that has always been, uh, okay, I shouldn't say always, like in the past, let's say six, five to six years, that has been my backbone. Um, one thing that I hold on to, and it speaks to me no matter what phase of my life I'm in. So um, I always turn back to it when I feel down, when I feel happy. Um, you know, it, it brings me a lot of hope and a lot of comfort knowing that um, every step that I take, um, is guided or um, ordered by God. So it makes me feel like, okay, I'm not alone into this. Um, I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So um, that comforts me a lot. In terms of music and, and poems, I mean, my, my taste, what I listen to basically vary based on, um, you know, what mood I'm into and what season of life I'm into. But, but that has been the constant, you know, Jeremiah 29 verse 11. It has been the consistent one. Would you mind sharing your self-care practices? Yes. So, um, again, because I'm a very busy person, like I, I'm always up to something. I don't like to say very busy. I like to say I'm always up to something. Um, what I have found has helped me consistently every day was when I wake up, um, I start with God because if you don't start with God, I mean, have you even started your day, you know? And that is for me personally. <laughs> So um, I start with God before I, I touch my phone. I know it's sometimes it's more difficult because you, you have these notifications looking at you and be like, press me, touch me, um, read me, you know, but I say, nope, at least the first 30 minutes of the day, I want to start with God, say a prayer. Then I go on my veranda, uh, um, read the Bible verse, um, do some meditation and also read a chapter of my favorite personal development book. Okay, so I give myself usually um, between an hour to an hour and a half for these opening exercises. I like to call them opening exercises. And I feel like when I start my day like that, um, I can really um, conquer or do anything. I feel like I am guided um, into everything that I do. Um, obviously some days it's easier than others. Like some days it, I just feel like, you know what, I, I can't do this. Like I'm not up for this and so forth. So I just say a prayer in my heart and just, you know, dive in. But most of the time that is how I start my day. And, um, you know, it, it's worked for me. How do you like to celebrate? Hmm. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, how do I like to celebrate? You know, I've never really thought about it but uh i think one thing but one thing i have noticed myself doing is that when i'm happy when i have a new to share i scream very hard and i dance and i called um i call the people that i care about like i share the news with my mom with my sister and if i'm dating somebody at a the time then i share the news with them um so that's usually how i i don't i don't know if that answers the question but um you know i i celebrate small wins you know um like whatever it happened like I, I sing and I dance and I share the news. <laughs> it might be pretty boring, um, but, you know, that's what I do. And um, I think because I've also um, included, you know, um, relaxing activities and, you know, uh, pleasure, fulfilling activities in my um, routine that, you know, 
I, I don't usually feel like, okay, when I have something big, like we need to go out, you know, because I, I do it pretty re- regularly. Like I go out on sightseeing in nature, spend time with my friends, you know, um, stay at home or uh, watch a good movie. But when I have like really big news to share, I, I do those things that I tell you about, I told you about. I call my mom, I call my sister and my significant other, um, whoever he is. And, you know, I share the news and then I, I dance and then I sing, you know, <laughs> it's pretty boring. But yeah. How do you celebrate Wanda? I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> you're hilarious. First of all, you're judging yourself. If that's how you celebrate, then that's how you celebrate. Oh, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's player's choice. You get to choose how how you celebrate. Thank you for that. Um, I don't linger very long, so I could linger longer. Okay. Linger longer. Linger longer. On my celebration. Uh-huh. But it's basically like a yes, you mm-hmm. know. It's my own little personal Same, <laughs> party. <yeah. laughs> I find that a lot of people do enjoy celebrating with the people that they love. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that seems to be very typical. I just party with the person I love the most. I just party with myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. And that and that's all you need to do. <laughs> um, Clem, how can listeners support your work? Uh, thank you so much for asking that. So um, I right now I um, teach um, people who have a nine to five job how they can make money online so they too can travel and even if traveling is not in your dreams even if it's just like something that you don't really care about um then um they can fund whatever their dreams are whatever their passion projects are so um a way in which um listeners can support my work or it's um, simply to check it out um check out what i do and see if that's something that could be appealing to you like if you feel like you need an extra source of income and you want to grow your income so you can afford the things that you want or maybe invest in your dreams your plans whatever they are you know i don't know what it is but if you feel like this um calls up to you then you can check out um my website um www.travelwithclam.com and go to the category um courses you know, I teach a lot of free courses on how you can identify the skills that you have to get started working online. And I also have premium courses that teach you or show you how you can get started from the bottom. Like, even if you don't have any skills, how to identify those skills, how to find clients, where to apply for jobs, um, how to stay um, ahead of the game, you know, and all these things that, you know, people struggle with when it comes to working online. So again, there are a lot of free resources there, free articles, sorry, videos that you can check out. Um, The website is www.travelwithclaim.com and you go to the section courses. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you sharing your thoughts and your story with us. Thank you so much for having me, Wanda. Um, I'm, I was really excited to be on this podcast. Uh, you know, I'm, I've been a fan of your work, you know, since I started following you on um, Instagram and Twitter. And I said, that, you know what, uh, listening to all these stories from all these other Black women, you know, it's, it's so inspiring. And it, it really feels good to know that you're not alone um, in this journey. And you have like this sisterhood um, thingy going on. So I'm really happy that I'm grateful that you put this together and I'm happy and grateful to also uh, now be one of the people who can, you know, share their journey on this platform. So thank you. Yes, ma'am. Welcome to the family. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate it. I'm going to be the little sister. (laughs) You have a gorgeous day. Thanks so much, Clem. Thank you, Wanda. You as well. Bye. Bye. Ba-dum, ah-um, ba-dum, mm.